0: What the f- Yo, what's up guys and welcome back to another episode of Wifcast. And in today's episode of Wifcast, we have a lot to talk about. I've been gone for a week and I haven't been able to record anything. And now we got two weeks of stuff to cover. And I feel like this last week was probably one of the most, like, informational and a lot of news came out about a lot of stuff for Washington, including Washington investigation. Plus, we got to recap both the Saints game and also the Chiefs game as well. Um, and then there's also some other things here and there, like administrative people getting put on leave in Washington and also injuries. We have a lot to cover little disclaimer kind of thing, uh, if you see me change charts at all, it's because it's it's a new day. I'm recording this throughout many days, and so, uh, yeah, okay, so now the Washington investigation. First I'm going to recap what the Washington investigation was, and then I'm going to explain my thoughts on it, and basically what I think should happen with the team, and with like the owner and stuff, and everyone that is involved in the Washington investigation. So to start, on Friday, October 8th, emails were released by the NFL exposing former Raiders head coach John Gruden of saying a racist trope about NFL PA executive director Demarese Smith. And it was on the same day that Washington assistant athletic director Doug Kwan was put on administrative leave. And we don't really know why Washington never announced anything about it, uh, which I think that was very that's very suspicious. And also that's one week but that's one week after, Ryan Vermillion, who's the head athletic director at Washington, was put on leave as well because of a pending investigation involving the Drug Enforcement Agency, although that is not said to be team-related, but no one really knows why Doug Kwan was put on leave. And by the way, if I'm mispronouncing his name wrong, I'm so sorry. So yeah, that those things happened on the same day, which is a little bit suspicious. And then we have two days later the game against the Saints, I'll have a recap on that later. And then the following night, Monday the October 11th, the New York Times found more emails from John Gruden including anti-gay tolerance of protest to the National Anthem and John Gruden using homophobic language for years in his emails to just really anyone like Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, It, it was bad. Um, during Monday Night Football, Adam Schefter reported that the Raiders and John Gruden have parted ways and that Mark Davis, who's the owner of the Raiders, and Gruden met earlier on Monday and decided it was the best for John Gruden to resign. Now, why am I saying stuff about the Raiders? Why is this all important? It's because all of these emails came from the search during in the Washington investigation, which the Washington investigation it's basically an investigation into the washington football team owner dan snyder who's now co-owner about get into that in a second about a toxic workplace there have been years and stuff many stuff found about dan snyder personally i think he should sell the team i do not like it like many washington fans and it, i don't know why he's still on the like why is he still the owner i feel like roger goodell should there's so much stuff with the incidents with the cheerleaders and so many other stuff that, and just discussing stuff that Dan Snyder has, like, the stuff has been released about him, I'm surprised that he's still owning the team and not being forced to sell it by Roger Goodell or any of the higher-ups. Also, he gave, over the last offseason, um, I'm pretty sure due to, like, most of the investigations and stuff going on, he gave up most of his duties to his wife, Tanya Snyder. Continuing with the story, we had last Thursday, Washington announced that it will be retiring Sean Taylor's 21 number during the game against the Chiefs last Sunday from when this video is coming out. And so his number will already be retired. And this made people freak out, like a lot, including me, as people thought it was only a three day notice first of all. When they announced Bobby Mitchell's number being retired, they announced it last June, and then they retired it in September. That's like a two-month, that's a three-month notice. And they gave us a three-day notice of Sean Taylor's number being retired. And Washington said they were planning this for months. Like, But then later that day, President Jason Wright, uh, President of Football Operations at the Washington football team, Jason Wright, apologized to the fan base for announcing it, too late. Basically, he's did in his president's brief. Personally, I like Jason Wright a whole lot better than Bruce Allen. Like a lot. Jason Wright. He was. He's been put in a really tough situation in Washington, and I'm pretty sure he knew this going in. But then the tipping point in where people are wondering if this was a distraction, like to the Washington investigation, which is more more stuff and more stuff was coming out about Washington and John Gruden. And messages between John Gruden and Bruce, former President Bruce Allen, and also Dan Snyder. More emails and stuff were being released, and people thought it was a distraction, including me. Like that's what I said when I when people freaked out about it. Everyone thought it's a distraction, like the using a great player and a horrible thing that happened to him, and he he definitely he would have been a Hall of Famer, but then of course him being killed that that's not a happy ending at all but the tipping point in this situation was when Gabe Taylor Sean Taylor's little brother said that the family wasn't even notified about Sean Taylor's number being retired until four days before Washington publicly announced that Sean Taylor's was uh, thing was being retired number was being retired this is crazy that's the same day we played the Saints that's Sunday and then now to Thursday <coughs> That That's crazy, like that's crazy. And it's just, come on, you're using Sean Taylor, who's one of the greatest players in all of Washington history, in the entire franchise, and we're using him as a distraction. His number being retired as a distraction. Like, just sell the team, please, basically. Sell the team. Okay, so JP Finley, who is a reporter for NBC Sports Washington, he ran a poll on Twitter. Do you believe Washington was planning Sean Taylor's number being retired in the Chiefs game for months? Like they said. And by the way, four thousand seven hundred and sixteen people took this poll. Ninety three point seven of them said no. Ninety three point seven. That's that's crazy. The fans don't believe like it's just sad to see such a great player's uh, and a special moment for his family, too. It's getting wasted. I mean, of course, right, right now my Twitter, my Twitter uh, PFP is 21, representing Sean Taylor for the weekend. But it's just sad to see it has to be delivered in this way. Some other notes about it. Joe Gibbs, the coach, will not be attending because of the late notice. Like, Joe Gibbs. One of the best, if not the best coach, the best coach in our franchise history, not attending. Also, only there will only be 10,000 memor- rem- memorabilia towels. Only 10,000. 10,000 sounds like a lot, but think about this. This is a huge moment in Washington franchise history. Huge. He's only the third player to ever have his number retired as a Was- in WIFT history. Sonny Jurgensen and Bobby Mitchell were the other two. He's the only third player in franchise history. Huge moment, and there's only ten thousand towels, ten thousand. And so it's just another thing saying, like, why did why did they do it? It's just sad. And my thoughts on it. So I I kind of went off about it already, but so the NFL said that there were no other emails containing similar things that John Gruden had said in his emails. But, okay, they're basically the ones that are looking at the email, right? The NFL is looking at their own emails. And they're saying, they're the only ones that can see these am- emails, by the way. The emails that the New York Times got a hold of and stuff, um, that was like reported by uh, sources and stuff. It wasn't, the emails never really came out. Like you can't read search them up online, I'm pretty sure, and just read the email. Um, sources like leaked that information and so the NFL said that there were no other emails containing similar things said by John Gruden and like if there's nothing else bad in the emails why don't they just release them they've denied that they're going to release any of the emails I'm pretty sure like if there's nothing then why can't you just release them to the public so the public can read them and fact check them as well Okay, that was a lot. Now, recap of the Saints game. Do I really have to recap these games? I do? Okay. Okay, so I guess starting off with the Saints and Washington recap. So, it was an L, 33 to 22. The Saints won that game. It was by far Taylor Heineke's worst game to, to date. Um, and the it was just it was just bad like Heinecke he had he was 20 for 41 to under 50% passing 246 yards two interceptions and zero touchdowns uh struggling there and then Gibson he averaged 3 yards a carry which was a solid game 20 carries 60 yards including two touchdowns for him so a pretty solid game from him but again, the passing game was just not there. Leading receiver was Adam Humphreys, who's our third, I believe, our fourth string wide receiver right now. He had three receptions for 73 yards. McLaurin was locked down pretty much the entire time by Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore had him locked down as McLaurin only had four receptions on 11 targets for 46 yards. And now for the defense, um, it was, uh, they they looked better. We'll just say that, they looked better. So now for the defense. The defense, it looked a little better, especially the, d- the defensive line as they had two sacks on the game, Chase Young getting his first of the season. Maybe that can be a momentum booster for him for the rest of the season, but definitely not living up to the hype like, from the offseason so far and winning that Offensive Rookie of the Year. Teams have like, found out how he plays now, and I feel like I've seen this a lot. He just rushes the quarterback. He has a good, good, like, a good shot at the quarterback. And the quarterback just takes one step to the right or one step to the left, and Young just goes flying by. And so his speed is getting the best of him right now. He needs to learn how to control it and how to change direction a little bit better so then he can get to the quarterback more because he's applying pressure, but it's pressure that the quarterback can easily get away from. And on the secondary, on the other hand, they did not go so well. Like, how do you not jump on a Hail Mary? How do you not jump? Deontay Harris the guy who caught the Hail Mary was the only person who jumped in the end zone no one like none of the cornerbacks none of the safeties I think maybe there was a wide receiver out there or something too none of them jumped and Harris was just above everyone else and caught it and so that's just a little bit annoying and I guess if you want to look at one bright side for this game Dustin Hopkins he went three for three from field goals also hit his only extra point as well but then, we have another storyline from this game, and that is injuries. Curtis Samuel, he re-aggravated his groin injury in this game. He is out for the Saints game, he did not return, and he was also out for the Chiefs game as well. Cam Sims, he hurt his hip, and he was out for the Chiefs game, so the wide receiver corpse getting a massive blow with Samuel and Sims both out. Also our All-Pro uh, offensive lineman, Brandon Scherf, out for both the New Orleans and KC games with an injury and also Samuel Cosme. He hurt his ankle in the New Orleans game and is out for the Kansas City game. Cosme are one of the rookies that we got during the draft. And Ag and Scary Terry, both were listed as questionable for the KC game, but both of them did play, but I will tell you in a second if they actually made an impact or not. Now, the Kansas City game this gave me a headache. I'm recording this, by the way, right after the Kansas City game ended. So the defense. Trending up. We're trending up, kind of. I mean, we trended up from, like, the first few games of the season where our defense was just ridiculously horrible. But over these last two, we've done better. Not by far, by far not in the top half or even in the top 20 in the league, in my opinion. But... We're trending up. Three turnovers in the first half. Two of them were picks off Patrick Mahomes. One of them, Mahomes shouldn't even thrown the ball. So if we're not gonna count that, it was just really one interception. That wasn't even Mahomes' fault. It tipped off his receiver's uh, hands, and Kendall Fool, I believe, was the one who got it. I could be wrong, though. Um, and also, they allowed 500-plus yards. It, our first round pick each of the past five years has been for the, for the defense four defensive linemen, and the linebacker, Jamin Davis. Davis, by the way, he only played, I believe, like 20% of the snaps, or like 11 snaps in the game against the Saints. I believe he played more because he had 11 tackles in the game against the Chiefs. But, like, he's our first-round pick, and he's barely even playing at all. He's not really making an impact. He did pressure uh, Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball away for, like, once in the entire game. And the linebackers just struggle in general. We're losing linebackers left and right. John Bostic, he's done for the season. Norris is done for the season. Like it's we're just losing linebackers, and that's why if we signed Jamie Collins, if we signed Jamie Collins, I know we don't like to spend our money in the middle of the season, but if we signed Jamie Collins, we could have actually, like our linebackers would actually be better. And there's just so many times, middle of the field. Patrick Mahomes, just like he's running out of his pocket after the defensive line was bringing pressure a lot of the time, actually. But Mahomes just runs away, throws it into the middle of the field, and there's a wide-open Travis Kelsey, a wide-open Tyreek Hill. And it was, that's just disappointing. We were up 13-10 to at the half. 13-10. to And off those three turnovers, we only got seven points. Only seven points off those three turnovers. One of those turnovers, I believe we missed a field goal. Dustin Hopkins missed a field goal. It hit off the crossbar, I'm pretty sure. Heineke, 182 yards, not even the 200. He did have a touchdown, but he also had an interception late in the game, which it was a crazy interception, by the way. It was one of the big guys on the defensive line. It, he like cut it off an offensive lineman's helmet. It was so crazy. That, that was crazy, but that basically sealed the game if it wasn't already sealed at that point. And it was just a poor performance. We were up thirteen to ten at the half on the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best offenses in the league. If you take away like Mahomes' interceptions, they they showed who they were. They're not perfect at all. Like the past seasons, where it's they've, they've been pretty crazy. Mahomes, I believe he has eight interceptions on the season now. Two of them were in this game, by the way, as well. So the defense trending up, offense trending down a whole lot. Could not get things going. Terry McLaurin, they couldn't get him open. And Logan Thomas still out, so that's a big red zone target we couldn't get. By the way, our only touchdown came from a 39-yard Ricky Seals-Jones, who was wide open, by the way. Ricky Seals-Jones touchdown, and that made it 13-10. But besides besides that, like, we could not get the ball. I don't think we got the ball in the red zone at all the entire game. Maybe once, but we had to make a field goal. We could not convert at all. Now, the big question here for this week. Fitzpatrick is eligible to come off injured reserve this week. You have Fitzpatrick, Heineke, and also Kyle Allen. All three of those, I believe, could start next week. Heineke, he's been trending down each of the past two weeks. Two of his worst games of the season back-to-back. And now Fitzpatrick, you might want to bring him in next week. You're in Green Bay at Lambeau Field and and then this week you had the bad game at home against Kansas City the fall and the week before you had the bad game at home against the Saints Lambeau is gonna be loud Rogers and company they're coming off a win against the Bears on the road and now they're coming back to Green Bay and they're looking for a huge win it's, the place is gonna be loud communication will be a big key for that game and I'm not sure if Heineken could do it. You're gonna probably, if Fitzpatrick is healthy, bring Fitzpatrick in. Start Fitzpatrick. I, if you told me two weeks ago that you would start Fitzpatrick, the first week he's eligible to be in, I thought you'd be crazy because we got the win against the Falcons and Heineken was looking really good. But now I, I'm fine with starting Fitzpatrick. Also, we had the Sean Taylor retire number thing. That went pretty smoothly. Um and yeah, rest in peace, legend. Thank you guys for watching another episode of With Cast. See you guys in the next one. Peace. She said I hate my day job. I don't feel it. I need race car. Top down to match my silly I don't have none. Dollar billy. Dollar billy. Oh, yeah. One time. Ooh. She said I hate.